Hello and welcome. You are now listening to the Space Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Levesque. I'm an astrologer and intuitive healer, and this is my podcast where I share tips, tricks, tools, and resources for healing and living your best, most witchy and spiritual life. Today on the podcast, I am shocked that I haven't already done a full episode on this already. I've talked about it here and there in previous episodes, but today on the podcast, I'm doing an entire episode about boundaries. When I started working on this episode, I very quickly realized that this is going to have to be a two-part episode because I have so much to say about boundaries, and I strongly feel that this episode is much needed for people right now. When I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about on the podcast for this week, I just kept hearing the word boundaries, and then I was seeing the word in my head in all caps with someone like drawing a circle around it over and over again. So I know that's my intuition giving me a sign that we need to talk about boundaries this week. During this series on boundaries, I'm going to be passing along my insights and things I've learned in terms of setting boundaries, which will help you with setting your own boundaries and hopefully make things a lot easier on you. Today, I'm going to be covering the real reasons we're afraid to set boundaries, boundaries and rejection, red flags to look out for when setting boundaries, and a practical resource for actually learning to figure out and set your own boundaries step by step. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Okay, so before I dive in to all my insights and things that I want to share with you about boundaries, let's just cover the basics and let's talk about what exactly are boundaries. Boundaries are our way of sharing what we are willing to do and what we aren't willing to do with other people. And it it also shows things that make us feel good, things that don't make us feel good. It's our likes, our dislikes. It's also this very interesting way of showing the world who we really are. I always think of setting boundaries like carving out a statue. Each boundary that we set and discover is just helping us to carve out a new layer of who we really are. Setting boundaries requires an extreme amount of authenticity, which is why I think part of setting boundaries can be really difficult for a lot of people. I remember years ago watching a Teal Swan video on YouTube where she shared that setting a boundary can be as simple as saying, I like chocolate ice cream. When you state your boundaries with people, you are sharing with them your preferences, your desires, and your deal breakers on how you want to be treated. You're also sharing your values and what's important to you as well. And before I get into my tips and experiences and insights on setting boundaries, there is a very practical book that I want to recommend to anyone who is listening to this podcast and wants to know step-by-step how to go about setting your boundaries. And That is the book Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. 
who is a psychotherapist. And this is not sponsored or anything like that. I just genuinely love this book. And I love the practicality of this book. I've mentioned this book on previous episodes of the podcast. I recommend this book to friends, to family members, and clients all the time. There's even a whole chapter in this book on what to say when asserting your boundaries. Again, this is not sponsored or anything like that. As some of you longtime listeners may already know, I just really love sharing tools and resources that I find to be helpful because if it helps someone else, then that's amazing. That's enough for me because I know how it feels to be struggling with an issue and to be looking for answers. And it really sucks when you feel like you can't find what you're looking for. So if you're looking for more practical step-by-step instructions on how to define your boundaries, how to set your boundaries, basically all the practical step-by-step stuff that you need to know on setting boundaries. I highly, highly recommend checking out the book Boundary Boss by Terry Cole. I know the title may sound a little bit cheesy, but check it out. You won't regret it, especially if setting boundaries is like a totally foreign concept to you. I just, I can't recommend it enough. Now that we've defined boundaries, now that I've shared a resource or a tool for you guys on how to set boundaries step by step, I know that's not really helpful in the moment, especially if you don't have the book. At some point, maybe I'll do more of like a more technical episode on setting boundaries, but trust me, bear with me. This episode will still be helpful to you regardless, I promise. Let's move on to the real reason we're afraid to set boundaries. I have found that it boils down to two different things when it comes to setting boundaries and the fear that we sometimes feel around setting boundaries. And those things are confrontation and authenticity. Let's talk about the confrontation piece first and get that out of the way. I'm going to say something that is going to totally blow your mind. Okay. Confrontation does not need to be confrontational. Let me say that again confrontation does not need to be confrontational. Sometimes when we neglect our boundaries, we let a lot of anger and fear and frustration and resentment build up. And then we realize that we can actually tell people how we're really feeling. And we automatically assume that it's going to be this big blowout bloodbath of a fight. The reality is that you can express how you're feeling objectively and without the emotional attachment. A good way to do this if you're unsure of how to separate the two things, your anger and your resentment versus the objective stuff of what you really need and what you really want out of this confrontation or this conversation with someone is to get out a notebook or a journal or the notes app in your phone or a Google Doc or whatever it is and just type or write everything out that you're thinking and feeling completely unfiltered without editing or judging it. It doesn't have to make sense. You're not going to show this to anyone. It's solely just for you and no one else. Then once you get all of that out of your system, I want you to go through and pick out the things that you know are objectively true about your situation regardless of how you feel about it. And you can make a separate list of your objective truths or you can cross things out however you want to do it is totally fine. And if you're unsure of what's emotional and what's an objective truth, here are some examples. Let's say that you work in an office and there's some guy named Mark who just drives you absolutely insane. Maybe he talks over you or interrupts you in your meetings and you just think that Mark is a total jerk. 
You might write something down like, I'm so sick of Mark interrupting me at work all the time. I don't think he respects me or thinks that what I have to say is good enough. I feel like I can never get my ideas or my point across during the meetings. This is so frustrating. Wow, he is such an asshole. In this case, I would pick out that the truth of this situation is that Mark interrupts you during meetings. And it's incredibly frustrating because you don't get to say what you want to say. And it makes you feel like your ideas aren't good enough and you feel shut down. And that's just the truth of the situation. Objectively, you can say that the problem is that Mark interrupts you and that it makes you feel a certain way. Now, this is where it gets kind of tricky, so let me explain. Here's the thing. You can totally tell Mark that the problem here (laughs) is that he interrupts you. And you can honor the truth of the situation and say that it makes you feel like your ideas aren't good enough. And maybe you have this story that Mark is an asshole. And this is where you kind of have to go through and ask yourself and discern everything. Let me backtrack a little bit and start this over. So (laughs) not start over, but let me just backtrack a little bit. So the solid truth here is Mark interrupts you. Okay, cool. We know that's the problem. The next piece of that is it makes you feel like your ideas aren't good enough. Okay, those are your feelings. You can honor that. You can share that with Mark if you choose to. You don't have to. But if you feel that it's necessary to getting what you want out of the conversation, you can share that with him. Then we have Mark is an asshole. (laughs) Now, this is where you can ask yourself, is Mark an asshole? Maybe. Maybe he does other things that piss you off and you've labeled him as an asshole. But is that going to be helpful to you when you're asserting your boundary with him? Probably not. He's probably going to get mad and shut down everything you're about to say and not even listen to what you're saying because he'll feel offended and attacked. And the reality of that is nobody really likes to feel that way (laughs) in anything. But is it true that Mark doesn't think your ideas are good enough? Maybe. But you don't really know if Mark thinks that your ideas aren't good enough until you talk to him and have a conversation about it. Because even though it seems very obvious to you, that Mark should just automatically know that he's interrupting you and making you feel like you're not good enough and that it's rude that he's interrupting you. The reality is that Mark may have absolutely no idea that he's been interrupting you and making you feel bad. I know personally, I've done that before. I've interrupted people while they were talking thousands, if not millions of times without even realizing it. I actually used to do this quite a lot and I probably still do it sometimes. It actually took my boyfriend very gently and lovingly pointing it out to me that I had an unintentional habit where I would interrupt people while they were talking constantly. And over the years, I have had to make a very conscious effort to not do that because I want the people around me to feel good and I want them to feel heard and listened to, especially the people in my life that I really truly love and care about. I want them to feel good because that's important to me and I care about those people. And this is where you have to put people to the test a little bit. When you set a boundary with someone, you're collecting information about that person and making the decision if this is someone that you really want to spend your time with. And I know that Having the conversation with people, confronting them in any capacity, regardless of how you choose to go about it, is 
terrifying because, I mean, really, it's the fear of the unknown. We don't know if they're going to accept what we have to say, if they're going to reject it. We don't know if they are going to escalate things, if it's going to become dangerous or violent. Our brains are trained to always look for danger and to avoid it. And so when we're confronting people, it's our natural desire to want to avoid it because that's what we're just wired to do. But this discomfort is usually very short-lived. And even though the feelings are enough to just make us avoid it altogether. It's one of those things that we kind of just have to power through and accept that we don't know what the outcome is going to be. And we have to truly just hope for the best and hope that we're going to get a good outcome and hopefully just know and trust that we are worthy enough to even have that conversation and to let people know how we're feeling. And it's so funny because I feel like we are in this masculine or have been in this masculine world where People think that feelings are important and that it's not conducive to productivity and all these other things. But I think we're slowly shifting and learning as a society that knowing how people feel, nurturing our relationships with people. I mean, we're all people at the end of the day. We're all connected. We all have the same wants, needs, and desires, whether we're aware of it or not. We all have these basic human needs. So we truly are all connected in that way and we can all shift and evolve and support each other together. But that's kind of a a side note there. (laughs) Moving on. Okay, so we get it. Confrontation is terrifying. It's the fear of the unknown. And as I was saying, this is where you have to put people to the test a little bit. When you set a boundary with someone, you're collecting information about that person and making the decision if this is someone that you really want to spend your time with. So the next thing I want to go over with you guys are some red flags to look out for when setting boundaries. So let's say in this scenario that I made up with Mark, the rude asshole who interrupts you during your work meetings, let's say that Mark, um, let's say you confront Mark about the situation and you say, hey, Mark, do you have a minute? I want to talk to you. And you tell him that, hey, it really bothers me when you interrupt me during meetings. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but it really hurts my feelings. And I find it frustrating to get my point across. Um, Is there any chance you could maybe not do that? Or can you help me maybe understand why you do that to me all the time? Or not all the time. Let's not use definitives. Um, Help me understand why that has been happening. Something along those lines. You know, you don't want to use definitives. You don't want to be accusatory. But you can you can share your experience of a situation. You can say, I'm experiencing this. How are you feeling? How are you experiencing things? Turn your anger and your resentments and your fear into curiosity. Ask questions. Get curious about the other person. Ask them why they think this is happening. Ask them what their experience is. Put that focus on them, but without the the blame and the pointing fingers and, you know, the accusatory behavior. And so you can you can have this conversation with him and there's a few different ways he might react. The first possible scenario in which he might react is he might go straight to defensiveness. So in this case, he could get defensive and he could say something like, well, that's not true. I have no idea what you're talking about. I never interrupt people ever. And in that case, not only is he being defensive, but he's also gaslighting you as well. And for those of you who don't know, gaslighting is when someone invalidates your experience to make you feel like you're crazy. And this is extremely toxic. 
And this is the first red flag I'm putting out here because when people are defensive, when they're gaslighting you, it's just not a healthy behavior and it doesn't make you feel good. And even if you're not fully aware of all these unhealthy behaviors that people will show up with, I really want you to trust your gut and trust your intuition on this. If you're talking to someone and they're doing something that just doesn't make you feel good and you can't fully explain why just yet, there might be some other things to look at there, but I really encourage people to just to trust it because in my experience, I have always been able to tell when people weren't acting right <laughs> and when it was bothering me and when it was affecting me, but because I tend to be, even though I'm very emotional, I'm also very logical. And so I used to get frustrated when I couldn't logically justify or figure out why I was being affected by this person. And so now that I've grown and I've healed and gone through all this stuff on my own journey, I can very easily objectively point it out. And you might not be quite there yet. And I just want you to know that if you're not, trust your gut, trust your intuition, trust when people just aren't making you feel right. Again, are there some cases where there's work to be done on your end and there might be something you're missing? Sure, but you need to trust yourself and trust your your inner knowing and your intuition. So I want to throw that out there. The second red flag you want to look out for, and this one, oh gosh, this one personally pisses me off the most out of everything, and that is excuses. Like I said, this is probably my biggest pet peeve out of everything that I'm about to talk about. Whenever anyone makes an excuse or passes blame onto somebody else, they're not taking accountability for their actions and behaviors. If Mark was making an excuse, he might say something like, I'm sorry, I've been interrupting you, but I've been going through a divorce and our boss really puts a lot of pressure on me and I get really anxious and um, I just have a lot of built up anger around my divorce. So I just tend to be this way and that's just how I am. I'm going to say something <laughs> that this is going to blow some of you away and especially since I know that there are a lot of empaths who might be listening to this episode and some of you may view this as being cruel because if you're empathic, you might think, oh, well, he's going through a divorce and his boss puts a lot of pressure on him. Like you might feel a lot of empathy and feel bad. And sometimes when people share these things with us, it can give us more understanding, more insight. Maybe it does make us want to cut them a little bit of slack in some cases. And I'm not saying that in very certain specific cases you shouldn't, but I want to make this very clear that those are not valid reasons for him interrupting you in this scenario or whatever the situation is. For example, if someone hits you and they say, I'm sorry I hit you. You just made me so mad. I couldn't control myself. That is not a reason for someone to treat you that way. People are autonomous. They have control over themselves, whether they're aware of it or not, or whether they think they can or they can't. And also grown adults like Mark in this situation, <laughs> grown adults are responsible for handling their own personal problems. Mark is responsible for handling his own problems with his divorce and the pressure he gets from his boss. His personal problems are not a valid reason to lash out on you. Anytime someone gives you an apology with, I'm sorry, but dot, 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 they're either passing the blame or making an excuse and that's just not okay and it's not healthy behavior. Nobody is responsible for making you do or feel anything. 
Mark is fully capable of not interrupting you despite his personal problems, even if he himself doesn't think that he can do it, which is oftentimes why certain people will not own up to this stuff that they're doing or give you the apology that you need because they don't believe that they're capable of doing better because they're stuck in their own toxic patterns and low self-worth, which again, for all my healers and empaths out there, that is not your responsibility. It is not your job to fix every toxic person that comes your way. And I'm going to say this probably several times throughout this whole episode, stay in your lane and focus on managing your own energy. I promise when you focus on your energy and how you feel and put your blinders on, you're still going to be doing the healing work. You're still going to be doing whatever it is that you came here to do. It's just going to be amplified and it's going to touch the people around you just by focusing on yourself. I promise you it is not selfish. It does not make you a bad person. When you do good things for yourself, it expands to everyone. Blinders on. Focus on yourself. Stop trying to fix toxic people. It is not your job. It is not your responsibility. You can lead a horse to water. You cannot make it drink. So keep that in mind. I just want to additionally mention that if you confront someone and there is name calling, yelling, raising their voice, using any type of tone that doesn't make you feel good, intimidation, or aggressive body language, or if you set a boundary and they don't listen and they keep pushing you on it. Anything that makes you uncomfortable or unsafe is a red flag. And you're now gathering the information about that person and you get to decide if you want to cut that person off or if you want to continue that relationship with that person or how you want to continue the relationship with that person. But I can guarantee you that if someone is acting in a way that should be an obvious deal breaker and what I would imagine is an obvious deal breaker for most people, whether they're aware of it or not, because sometimes, you know, we have stuff going on. We're not always aware that we need to get out of a situation and that's a whole separate topic. You should be considering cutting that person off. If someone is being unhealthy to you, whether they're physically abusing you, mentally abusing you, emotionally abusing you in any way, you need to decide to hopefully love, not even love yourself, but care about yourself enough to get out of that situation. Those are all big reasons to cut people off and know that it's okay to do that, Um, which again is a whole separate conversation. But this applies to friendships, family. Yes, this applies to family members. I could probably do a whole podcast about on this. I might at some point, but I'm telling you that, yes, you can cut cut off family members. That is okay. That is acceptable. If you disagree, that's fine. But I'm telling you, this is true. And work relationships. So I have left jobs because I did not like the way I was being treated. And I was very upfront about it. I told them what my issues were and I didn't get the response that I needed and was looking for. So I left because here's the thing, guys, we're, when we're healing, when we're growing, which we're all doing right now, we're all healing, we're all growing, we're all being shifted. We're not going backwards anymore. We're only moving forward. And when something isn't for you anymore, you move on and make room for something new and better to come in. And if you leave a toxic work environment, for example, find another job that's not toxic. This will teach you to be way more discerning in the type of work you do moving forward. Learn to ask the right questions during interviews. Pay attention to what you want and what you need and what you're looking for, and just be so discerning about that. 
ask the right questions, ask whatever place you're going to, what their their company culture is like, ask them what their policies are, ask them what hours you're required to work, get very detailed and very thorough. Just pay attention to those little things. I personally don't like to work at any place that tells me during an interview, oh, we're like a family because what I have found, and maybe this isn't always true, but what I've personally found is that most places that say we're like a family often tend to be very, very toxic because when they say we're like a family, it actually means we don't have boundaries and we're not going to respect yours and we're probably inappropriately close with each other. And I don't know about you guys, but I have learned that I don't like to be super close with the people that I work with. And that's just the fact. Maybe you don't feel that way. Maybe you feel differently and that's okay. You're entitled to that. But I personally have learned in the last year or so to have those personal and professional boundaries with people and I try not to cross those. But don't get caught up in the scarcity mindset and think that the thing that you're looking for doesn't exist because we live in an infinite universe where everything and anything is possible. I know it's easy to get caught up in, oh, I really want this dream job and I just know that I can't get it or I can't find it. I'm telling you guys, everything is about your mindset and the way you view things. And I just want to remind you, like there are so many infinite possibilities and potentials in this world and in your life. You just have to unlock it in your mind. And I promise you that once you get over that limiting belief of the dream job doesn't exist or you're not good enough to get the dream job or it's not possible, once you get over that mental hurdle and start seeing the ways in which it is possible, because that's the thing, your brain will show you what it thinks that you want to see based on the thoughts you're having. That's a true science-backed thing. And so if you're keeping yourself stuck by looking at things a certain way, you're going to manifest that scarcity. And we don't want that. I want you to tell yourself to actively look for the the jobs and the opportunities that are available to you. Remind yourself, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We live in this infinite, limitless, potential universe where anything is possible, literally anything is possible, and you just need to trust and surrender that the right people, the right jobs, the right opportunities are available to you. You just have to hold out for it. And it's okay to be picky. Don't let other people shame or judge you for wanting good or better things for yourself. Keep your blinders on. Focus on your wants, your needs, your desires. Lastly, I just want to quickly mention some green flags in this scenario. So let's say you confront Mark and he has a very good response. And so in this scenario, there would be the person would be listening to you like actively listening. And maybe that looks like them repeating back what they're hearing from you or asking you questions. Like they might say something like, well, I'm hearing this or I'm experiencing this. And they might share with you their perspective. They might ask you something like, or they might say something like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I was doing that to you. How can I better support you moving forward? Or what can I do to make the situation better for you? And then that becomes a collaborative process. And that's a good sign. You want that. There's no bullying, no intimidation, no name calling. Maybe they share their issues or concerns in a respectful manner without making excuses. They might say, oh, I'm so sorry for interrupting you. I just I I get anxious sometimes because I get worried that when other people are talking, I'm not going to be able to get my stuff in. And that's not them making an excuse. It might just be them sharing with you like this is an issue I'm facing. And they might follow that up with, I'll I'll work on being better about it. 
then that's the accountability part, right? That's the part of saying, this is my experience. I'm really sorry that I hurt you. I'm going to, it's not going to happen again. Or I'm going to work towards it not happening again. Or they might, like I said, ask you questions and it might be a collaborative thing where they want to know more about you and how they can better support you and work with you. Things like that are all positive in my book. You know, it, it has to result in them making an active conscious effort to not do that thing again. Because remember that an apology without change behavior is not an apology. It's manipulation. So that piece is huge. You guys might have a big conversation and it might feel good, but you need to pay attention to the steps and everything that happens afterwards (laughs) to really make an informed decision if it goes well. And if they don't follow up and they don't have the integrity and don't do what they say they're going to do following that, that's where you need to follow that up with a consequence, which I'm going to talk more about that in next week's episode. But it's important to think about what the consequence is going to be because you can't effectively set a boundary without having a consequence. That's that piece of it. Lastly, on this subject, before I move on to my next thing, I just want to say that setting boundaries can be really hard because it requires this layer of authenticity. It's scary to share our real authentic selves with other people because we don't know if they're going to accept it, reject it, or judge us, or shame us, or try to make us feel some other type of way. And that's really scary. And that's also where we need to do that inner work on ourselves and practice self-acceptance and accepting who we are. I know an affirmation that Louise Hay always writes about is, looking in the mirror and saying to yourself, I approve of you. Like looking yourself in the eyes and saying, I approve of you. Or just saying, I approve of myself. I accept myself. Just taking that small step can make a huge difference. And don't worry about what other people think of you and your boundaries because your boundaries are for you. It's not for them. It's not for anyone else to judge or shame or whatever. Your boundaries that you put in place are solely for you. This whole experience, this whole process of setting boundaries is just for you and you alone. So one more time, I'm going to say it. Blinders on, people. Keep those blinders on. Focus on yourself and try your best to block out that outside noise that's going to make you doubt yourself and feel like you're not worthy of setting your boundaries because someone else is thinking or feeling or judging in some type of way. Okay? Okay. Moving on. The last and final thing that I want to talk about for this week's episode is boundaries and rejection. I quickly wanted to touch on this because speaking from my personal experience, if you're someone who struggles with boundaries And you may have grown up in a family with people who didn't have very good boundaries. And when people don't have healthy boundaries, you might find that when other people set boundaries with you, so I'm talking about like when you're on the receiving end of a boundary, not the one setting them, you might find that your feelings get hurt and you're taking their boundary personally and making the assumption that they don't really like you or that They're making some other judgment about you, like you're not good enough or you're stupid or whatever the thing may be. It's going to be different for everyone. But I'm going to tell you right now that boundaries, well, they're personal because they're personal and unique to us when we're the ones setting them. But they're not personal when other people are sharing their boundaries with us. Now, 
Is it true that in some cases it is personal? Like someone's setting a boundary with you and it's a personal thing with them? Sure. But guess what? It doesn't matter. (laughs) What other people think about us is none of our freaking business. It only means something if we emotionally attach to it and we give it or assign it a meaning. The best way to start setting boundaries is to start noticing and acknowledging when other people are setting boundaries with you and just accepting it, respecting it, and moving on. I find that the more you practice not taking boundaries personally and viewing it as this person is just practicing self-care, whatever that looks like for them, here's the thing. If someone sets a boundary with you and you think it's stupid and irrational or however you want to judge it, I mean, you can do that, but it doesn't freaking matter. You know what I mean? Because that person's boundaries, like I just said in the last segment, it's for them. Our boundaries are for us. When someone sets a boundary with you, if you're someone that takes it personally, I want you to view it as this person is just practicing their self-care and they're loving themselves and nurturing themselves and just trusting that you want that for that person, okay? I know I personally, I want everyone to practice self-love and self-care. I think the world would be a 10 times better place if we all loved ourselves and gave our energy and love and nurturing back to ourselves because when we do that, we show up so much better in the world and collectively we're all affected by it. When someone sets a boundary with me, even if I feel bad, like because here's the thing, people set boundaries with me. I still take it personally occasionally. I still get my feelings hurt occasionally. I still sometimes feel shame, but it's one of those things you can't make it about you. Okay, it's because it's not about you. It's not. And you're entitled to your feelings. You can honor your feelings. You can sit with those feelings. It's what you do with those feelings that's important. So what I would advise against is going off on this person and crying and making a big scene or whatever it is that you want to do because of how that person made you feel. Now, if it made you feel some type of way where you feel like there needs to be a conversation about it, then sure, you're entitled to that. But not every time someone sets a boundary with you is it about you? It's not personal. You know, even if it is personal, it doesn't freaking matter. Take it out. Take that out of your mindset and just look at it as them loving themselves and taking care of themselves and just move on. When you do that, it makes it so much easier to not only just respect that person's wishes and keep moving forward, but it makes it easier to set boundaries with other people because it'll teach you to not worry so much about hurting other people's feelings when you're setting your boundaries because you know that it's not personal. Something I often tell my clients is that rejection is just redirection. If someone tells you no to something, then that's just not your person or your opportunity or your job. And it may just not be the place that you need to be at or the person that you need to seek guidance from right now. You may be vibrating at two different levels. It might not be from a spiritual standpoint. It might not be an energetic match and you might find something better and then you're going to be grateful that you didn't end up at that other place, even though maybe in the moment you think you really want to be with that person or that job or that opportunity or whatever. It just may not be the thing that you're doing right now or the path that you're on currently. I think it's also important to mention that sometimes the word no means no, not right now. And this mostly applies to jobs, opportunities, things like that. Not really so much personal relationships, but again, sometimes no means no, not right now. And what I mean by that is you have to respect those boundaries, but you 
can move on and you never know. Sometimes things can change later down the line and that person or opportunity or job might end up coming to you later on. It might just be that you're looking for something and that's not for you right now, but maybe later on down the line, it is. And I'm not saying that like if someone tells you no, to keep harassing them about it and to keep trying to push them or persuade them because no means no. No is a complete sentence. I'm just going to say that right now. If someone says no to you, you do need to respect it. I'm not saying that if someone says no to you that you need to keep pestering them because then you're just being a you know what they call like a boundary bully and we don't want that. I'm really just trying to say that nothing is permanent and that things can shift and change over time. And there's that level of trust and surrender where you need to know that what's for you is for you and what isn't isn't. And you're going to have to ask for that discernment of times where, and it's so hard because I'm mostly thinking of things in terms of like business or jobs or opportunities. And those are the types of things where you sometimes want to get creative or be a little bit pushy. But when it comes to your personal one-on-one relationships, which is what I'm really getting at here, you have to respect that now. Your rejection is redirection. That is not your person. That is not your thing, your opportunity, whatever. And you just need to move on. And once again, put your blinders on, focus on yourself because there may be something better right around the corner or there might be a different opportunity that just works out better. So you never know. The universe is full of surprises. We live in a limitless, infinite universe where anything can happen. I will say that again. I'm sure you're sick of hearing me saying it, but it's true. But yeah, your rejection is just redirection. And that is all I have for you this week. Be sure to tune into next week's podcast episode for part two on boundaries where I will be discussing why your boundaries need a consequence, how to deal with cutting people off, being direct and assertive, and why boundaries are not always an external process. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to leave a rating and a review on iTunes and Spotify to help the podcast grow. It really, really, truly helps. And I really, truly appreciate it when you folks do that. So be sure to do that. It takes two seconds of your time and it is greatly and deeply appreciated by me. Don't forget, you are so much more than your sun sign. Check out my Patreon and I will catch you here next time on the Space Witch Podcast.